Hey, welcome to St. Louis Family Church. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare a room. Let heaven and nature sing. You know, that's, I know it's coming up in December, but that's worthy to take out of its context. That's a daily thing. Jesus is daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Kingston was breaking down the Lord's Prayer with me in a discussion we had a while back. He and I talk about these things often. And he said, you know, Jesus, because he's the bread of life, when he instructs us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, it's like a, a portion of awareness of who Jesus is in our relationship with him. Thank you. That, thank you for that response. It is actually what Ashley said about coming through and, and listening and paying attention. Or what Sue Benet said, coming through her battle. I mean, it was a, that was, she had a, a loss of her husband and then a cancer diagnosis. I'm so glad to see her today. We've known each other for years. and Just what a powerful testimony. And then for Ashley Funk to just overcome just the, the hesitancy because things aren't going right and to have to press through that. And the other side of it was she and her friend won a prize, and it's just, you know, whether that happens or not, the prize of her just pressing through uh, it deserves uh, attention. And I want to tell you, Jesus came from heaven and earth to show us the way back to the Father. He came to introduce us to the Father. He came in the fulfillment of all the law and the foretelling of all the prophets, uh, he was the lineage of David. David longed for the Messiah that would ultimately come. All the way from as far back as the fall in the garden, the, the account of the Bible is so pristine and so trustworthy. From Genesis to Revelation, even today we're seeing biblical fulfillment in the Holy Land. It's not the Ezekiel 38 last war, but it, it, it's one of these skirmishes internally. And we pray the peace of for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the people that got abducted, the miracles, they'd be delivered. They would not be tortured. They'd be protected. We come against the devil over this situation, don't we? In the name of Jesus, and we pray the will of God and the, and the love of God and the truth of Jesus would come. Uh, my series on Sunday mornings is called the Jesus Series, the Jesus Series. And um, it's who he is, it's what he does, and then what we do in him. This is, this is really the, what I want to bring to you guys. And, and I think uh, I, I want to know about Jesus, but I want to know Jesus. You know, um, I learned about my wife uh, I learned that she was a teacher at Pattonville High School. I learned that she was, a, you know, a, a graduate of a particular college in Missouri. That I, you know, I learned about her aptitudes. And, and I, 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 but when I got to know her, that was a whole different thing. And we started out in a friendship. Uh, we started out as acquaintances, then a friendship. And then we went into a place where we recognized there was a romantic draw. We, we, we both stepped over into that dimension. And I'm so grateful. 45 years later, we're married. We have four kids. We have five grandkids and another one on the way. And I'm just, you know, we entered into ministry. We were both just, just pressing on believers. And then it, it occurred to us we had a calling God wanted us to be responsible to. So we, we went to Bible school and we prepared and we started. And here we are, uh, you know, 42 years into the ministry. And it's just a privilege to be... Uh, in this moment, it's a privilege to be able to, can I tell you about Jesus? Yes. 
And uh, wow. Let's go to John's Gospel, the first chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 17 in the New American Standard Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible with you, we'll have it up on the screen. And uh, I want to read this to you just so you're um, prepared for the day, just so you, it underscores exactly what I'm trying to bring here on Sunday mornings in referencing to and pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the unique person of the universe. Uh, later on in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Okay, so here's what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm glad I have this committed to memory because the screens went blank. Um, and, and he was in the beginning with God, verse 2, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. You guys, the word is important. And uh, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. He came as a witness. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. I, I'm a product of his ministry introducing us to Jesus. He said, behold, the Lamb of God uh, slain before the foundations of the world. He's the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. He was assigned to convey to the world at the time, this is in fact the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, the King of Kings. Here he is. He's finally come. And it's our job in this end time hour to take hold of John's uh, forerunner responsibility. And all of us are called to say he is the way, he's the truth, he's the answer, he's the door, he's the Savior. His blood alone cleanses people from sin. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords, right? Peter said we're to lay up Jesus in our hearts so we can always have an adequate response for anybody that asks us why we're hopeful, why we have a smile on our face, why we're trusting him through all the troubles, trials, and challenges. Let's continue with the John to go to verse, verse uh, what did I say, 17? Yeah, so we're at verse 8. He was not the light. John was not the light. But he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man enlightens every man. You can trust God. He's dealing with Bill Maher, like he, de he deals with, with uh, uh, the, each person. Uh, I, I prayed for Ian Anderson from, uh, from uh, uh, no, <laughs> not that Anderson. That's Anderson Cooper. I pray for Anders Anderson Cooper. Yeah. Tina Richard preached to Anderson Cooper's mother, and she burst into tears years ago. John and Jane Hudson preached to uh, Elizabeth Taylor before she died. I mean, God is opening doors. God has given us opportunities. It's, it's holy. I, if you knew my relationship, Patsy, and my relationship with Ashley, it would blow your mind. God had a plan for us to be together. It's wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful how God will order our steps. How Nancy was uh, uh, working in a, in a uh, 
the travel agency before we were married. It helped us get coordinated to go to our first mission trip before we, you know, got started in the ministry. And then Nancy comes, she's serving God, and she commits, and she's one of the most committed people I've ever met. And then uh, her brother, Mike, comes into the church. I don't know if you remember Mike Bates. With his deep voice and his big Popeye arms, you know, and it's just his funny, even keel demeanor. And he got wonderfully saved. He got baptized here. Uh, just was a wonderful example of the faith. Jesus is the Savior who saves. He answers prayer. You know, he, he answers prayer. You're like, he, you get desperate. You go to the Father in the name of Jesus. He said, you ask the Father in my name and you'll get it, that your joy may be full. And if something's tearing at your joy, something's producing tears in your life, you, you know, he'll wipe away every tear and he'll store those tears in bowls. Even those tears matter to him because it shows how empathetic our God is. He loved the world so much that he gave the best he had to redeem us from the pit. The Jesus that I know, the Jesus of the Bible is available. He's accessible. He's the same as he was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Trippy as this may sound, before Abraham was, I am. He's the Alpha, Alpha and the Omega, and we're reading this, and all creation came from him. Well, I thought it was the Father. I thought it was the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. It is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit moving on the moment, and it's all the Word. Everything is, everything is transformed by the Word. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing the Word. So he gets hearing ear and seeing eyes. So we just bother. And in fact, when my wife was sharing, that was my wife that just shared at the end, it was for somebody that's online right now that's been getting condemned. And there is therefore now no condemnation. As she said, 1 John 1, 9 is your verse. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. There's no sin pattern. There's no temptation. There's no failure on the human condition uh, that can stop the mighty work of God. The only unforgivable sin is the sin of rejecting Jesus. And you don't want to do that. You're not doing that or you wouldn't be watching this. So press past that and get on track in your calling right now and develop faith in God's faithfulness because he is faithful and he's got a lifeline to you and he's pulling you out of the pit. He redeems your life from the pit. Okay, where am I in John? I want to get going on this because I've only got a limited time. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There is the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. That's Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world didn't have a clue about him. They didn't care. It was apathetic. He came to his own, the Jewish people, and those who were his own did not receive him. Many Jews did, but the majority, they dismissed it. But as many as received him... To them, he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Let me ask you a question. Who in here believes in the name of Jesus? You notice how offended you get when somebody uses the name Jesus Christ in vain? Or says GD, doesn't that, I mean, the S word and all these other words, they're, they're offensive and they're, they're uh, unwholesome. But man, God, the name of Jesus is sacred. It's powerful. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I heard, I heard a minister say this, and I will repeat it. Uh, all of heaven is jam-packed into the name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Uh, you know, the demons, when this, these people tried to cast out demons uh, indirectly, the sons of Sceva, 
uh, they were in this leadership role and they saw what was going on in the early church where people were being delivered from demons. They thought that was fantastic and they wanted that power. So they tried to do that and the demon spoke to them and said, Jesus we know and Paul the apostle we know, but who are you? You know, that's, and then, and then it, the, the demonic thing happened and tore their clothes off. They ran away naked. So that's kind of embarrassing. But let me tell you, Jesus I know, Paul I know. I want you to be known in the realm of the Spirit as someone who understands and is engaging correctly in the things of God. I want you to know about Jesus. I want you to know the vitality he came to download. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit so we're empowered. We're not left in the lurch. We're not just kind of trying to do it and cope in our own intellect and our own human power. But there, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses. Remember, John was a witness, and he wasn't the light. But actually, Jesus, later on, he actually said to the early church, you're the, I'm the light of the world, but you're the light of the world too. So our, we're, John the Baptist looked at our enviable position and realized that we were a new creation in Christ. And that we are different than we used to be. If anyone's in Christ, he or she is a brand new creation. The old things pass away and all things become new. Let's look at the rest of this. And then we're going to go on to Isaiah 61. Oh, this is so good. It's about Jesus. Uh, let's go to verse 13. As many as receive him, they become the children of God who were born not of blood, or, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God, born of God. And the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten son from the father. Full of grace and truth. The Jesus I know is full of grace and truth. John testified about him. Cried out saying, this was he of whom I said. He who comes after me uh, has a higher rank than I. For he existed before me, for of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. Everybody say grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. The law, the responsibilities, the legalities, the parameters, the do's and don'ts were given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized Fulfillment occurred through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. In Luke 4, Jesus came back tempted by the devil. Jesus is tempted at all points as we. Let me explain something to you about the Jesus series. I want you to know him and know about him. I want you to understand he wasn't just a great prophet. He was a great prophet. He wasn't just a great teacher. He was a great teacher. He wasn't a Jewish rabbi strictly from Nazareth. He was that, but he is also the son of God. He's the son of man. He's fully human. He's the son of God. He's divine. He is amazing. He is the unique person of the universe. He's not a great guru for the, the Jewish or the Christian part of the world, and there are many world religions. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. There's salvation in no other, but whoever calls on his name shall be saved. So we need to understand the potency of him. 
the position that he, he left the glory and splendor of heaven and in the fullness of times was born as a, a little infant in, in Bethlehem uh, uh, in the fulfillment of those things that were prophesied through the Hebrew scriptures. Implicit, specific detail all the way down into the every degree. We can trust it. We can bet our, bet our lives on him. We can tell our kids about him. We can get in prayer and talk to the Father in his name because we have access to the Father now because of Jesus. I enjoy fellowshipping with Jesus. I enjoy fellowshipping with the Father. I enjoy having the Holy Spirit in my life, helping me and prompting me and gifting me and, and, and helping you and coordinating this moment. It's so fantastic. He's present right now. God the Father sent his son Jesus. And then they baptized, he baptized us in the Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive that power so you can go out and make a difference. Boy, does this world need what we have right now. It's good to be in church. It's good to be online, but it's good to get in the car and come. I'm glad Sue Benet came today because she couldn't have testified through away, but she had a word. I'm glad Ashley came. I'm glad she, given what she's been through. Seeing she and her husband and kids all together last week just, just warmed my heart. It strengthened me. It's amazing. The ladies' breakfast yesterday, jam-packed with just fiery, enthusiastic, participating people. Amazing women of courage and faith. All different walks of life. It was holy, man. It was powerful. The word was great. It was just an amazing moment. Jesus starts his ministry by being tempted by the devil for 40 days. We have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. He got tempted by every garbage deal I got tempted with since I was a little kid. You got tempted with recently. The things that the tempter tries to dump on humanity, he dealt with it. He tackled it. He faced it. And yet he never sinned. He never succumbed. That's why he's so unique. And um, he, it's, it's beautiful. That's, a, that's another aspect of why he would be worthy to follow. And... Um, He's a high priest who's passed through the heavens, and he, he ever lives to take a stand for us, and he loves us with an everlasting love. Come on. We need to, people to know who Jesus really is correctly, not just a religious mechanism, not just a distant historical being, not, not, not just somebody who's chronically mad at us but somebody that came to destroy the works of the devil, to set captives free. In fact, look what it says. This, he got tempted by the devil. He was hungry, 40-day fasting. Satan slithers in and lies to him. Hey, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into loaves of bread. See, Lucifer knew how creative and how powerful Jesus was. Lucifer knew who Jesus was. And Jesus had to lay aside all of his deity rights and walk as the son of man. Uh, in order to adequately and fully fulfill the mission the Father gave him so he could relate to humanity the way that he, God had called him to do it. He would be, the, the seed of the woman would crush the head of the enemy. So here he is uh, having to lean on the word and lean on, and so what does he say to, to Lucifer? It is written. What do you say when the devil starts hassling one of your children? It is written. What do you say when the enemy's trying to fight uh, to deplete your finances. It is written. What do you say when you see the world in upheaval? It is written, and you take your stand. I say it is written over our church. I say it is written over Chesterfield Valley. It is written over the bi-state area. I am believing God for the heartland 
to be filled with God's presence and his power, coast to coast, shore to shore, Canada to Mexico, down through Mexico, all the way up to the Arctic Circle, all the way down to the tip uh, of Chile, all the way through all the Americas, all of Europe and all of Africa and all the nations, all the way around, every latitude and every longitude, all the people, all the peoples, the 8 billion population, in the name of Jesus, I believe in God that the whole earth will be filled with his glory before it's all over. And the knowledge of his glory. So look at, he, he, he came back and, and, he, and he said, it is written, it is written. The devil had to flee. He resisted the devil. You know, if you resist him, he'll flee from you. And so he did, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And he went to the temple and he found the place where it was written in the, in the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, written about him in Luke chapter 4. But in Isaiah 61.1, he opens up the scripture and he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. You know, preaching the gospel to the poor, I think it says in King James. You know, Karl Marx and... The others that came with this uh, sort of idealized utopia ideology, human-centered concepts about uh, egalitarianism and making everything uh, all equal and somehow there will be a a humanity could create a utopia. A very, uh, some of the ideals have have certain merit, but it it just is never, has never and never will work because it's devoid of God. And uh, Jesus, beside, he said, you'll always have the poor with you. So then that means that'll never happen. But what will happen is the culture of the kingdom of God can come upon a people, and we can advance his message and bring good news to the afflicted, good news to the poor. And we can have provision that God will sustain us and enable us. If somebody's sick, we'll be able to lay hands on the sick and there'll be substance transfer where they'll recover. We can talk to somebody who's confused and say, God's not the author of confusion. He's the God of peace. And let me tell you, he's the way. And clarity, that came to me. I was lost and confused. The gospel came to me and I was wonderfully saved. I was empty. And they laid hands on me and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Sickness would try to come on you and you look in this and find out that he's the Lord that heals us. By his wounds, we are healed. So every time at communion, when I take the cup and, I, and I, I take the bread, I acknowledge he's the Lord that heals me. He's the Lord that cleanses me of all my sins. Amen? So here's what he says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me. This is Jesus' job description. To bring good news, good news, good news, good news. Not bad news, not condemnation, not, not oppression, not more layers of bondage, but liberation, good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, 
the, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. You just heard the testimony of Kim, the, the woman who said she had anxiety and, and, and depression, and apparently it had gone for a while. She's, the doctor gave her medication, and you know, I guess it helped her for a period of time, and she's fighting the fight of faith, and she got to the place where she no longer needed that, and she was getting to, in a place where she could be strengthened, and she was able to get up and say today, I have been set free. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. See the lady at the end of chemo? You might be somebody on the beginning of chemo. And you need to understand, wow, look at what the Lord's doing, right? Look at what the Lord's doing. Isn't that encouraging? Not one, but two testimonies of that today. Two testimonies. That, that was for somebody. God, is, God had me do that. I haven't done that for years. And God had me do, call people up to give testimony. And we overcome by the word of our testimony. Boy, that, all of that meant something to me. You know, Ashley... A funk, you know, just having to overcome, uh, not wanting to come and not feeling like her pink shirt fit and had, having to wear her uh, pajama shirt, you know. I mean, I appreciate the candor and the honesty of that. And it's right in the context of all, well, what was more important than that? It's all important to the Lord. I learned as a pastor, no, nothing is, is menial or trivial. It all matters. All your stuff matters to God. All your little, medium, and big stuff matters to God. And he takes it personally. And he you could count on him. He loves you. And you could go to the Father in the name of Jesus and, and, and call upon him so that your joy will be full. So that your joy will be full. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. He came to liberate humanity. He came to set captives free. A minister said this, the ministry has kept the church in the bondage of sin consciousness ever since the Reformation. None of us have ever been able to get away from it. Most of our hymns are about sin. Most every sermon is about sin. The church has never known of her absolute freedom from sin consciousness. Hebrews 10, 1 through 14 should be studied very carefully. We haven't time to quote it all today, but... It tells of how the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. For it, if, it could, if it could have, the worshipers, uh, having once been cleansed, would have no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance made of sins year by year. But see, the blood of Jesus, this one I'm talking about, who had the Holy Spirit on him to eradicate the sin condition, to seek and save that which is lost, to set captives free, and to bestow on us the ministry of reconciliation and, and make us the righteousness of God in Christ. Are you ready to hear this? 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, He who knew no sin was made to be sin on our behalf. Why? So that you and I, we, might be made, get this, the righteousness of God in Christ. Church world doesn't like this. You walk in and say, I am the righteousness of God. They'd like, they'd rather you say, I'm a sinner saved by grace, which is in a sense true. But what then is not true is you're saying, I am still habitually bound and slave to sin. That is not biblical. Now, it also, I think, is denial to say, as a Christian, we never sin because we live in human bodies and we have to deal with things through the course of our lives. So, but yet, to say I'm a sinner saved by grace, actually, if you get to the technical, down the, to the heart of it, you're saying I'm really still a slave to sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. And we Paul said, when he died, I died. In Galatians 2.20, he said, I've been crucified with Christ. 
Yet nevertheless, I live. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. The Jesus that I'm preaching is someone who came sacrificially to die for the sins of humanity and the people at the restaurant and the people in the grocery store and the people at Walmart and the people in your neighborhood, they need this. I had my, some of my neighbors are in church. I'm believing God for my neighborhood to come into the kingdom. I'm believing for the St. Louis County to come to Jesus, St. Charles County to come to Jesus. I'm believing for St. Clair and for Lincoln and Jefferson and Franklin all around about me, the bi-state area, Missouri. I've been praying for Missouri. Pray for Illinois. I'm believing God. I was born in San Francisco. I've watched the trends of that city since I was a, ba a young Christian. I believe in God that the Babylonian influence breaks. I believe in God for revival in the church and a harvest amongst the lost, for whole households to be saved, for whole high school campuses to be stirred, colleges to have encounters with God, and it's happening. It happened at Auburn a few days ago. It happened at Asbury a few days ago. College campuses being touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in God for the formal religious church to have an encounter with the move of the Holy Spirit again and to come into the fire of God. And I believe in God for you, that Jesus becomes so specific to you. He becomes your love center, your, your, the, the person you love so much. I wanna finish with, this is what Jesus does. But then if you continue in Isaiah 61 and you go to verse four, it talks about all that he's doing. And then he says, then they, who? The people he gets, he impacts, the people he saves. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. You'll carry something. See, Ashley committed to rebuild the ruins of people's lives in her career. Well, so have I. And I needed her, now she needs me. That's how God sets this up, isn't it? God will set this kind of thing up where, where uh, the, the funks, you raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, all of them serving God, all of them in their flow. You came through some things. You came through some things through COVID. Church got kind of disrupted, uh, but it just underscored that I'll build my church on the revelation that he's the Messiah, it's about Jesus. I'll build my church on the revelation of you knowing who I am and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So God is prevailing in this place. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. We'll repair the ancient ruins. We got in this building, six months later it flooded and the Lord activated and deployed us to turn around and go into our community gently go and approach our neighbors, the business owners and the homeowners, the leadership, the mayor and the city council, with all their approval, this, the chief of the police gave us placards to get into the valley every, every week. Uh, Parkway School District allowed us to use school buses uh, to drive in and out. They, they shuttled us in and out up into the, from the dry ground. And for two, over two years we worked we worked and labored and sweat equity to get this valley back on its feet. And uh, when Kosovo had a, had, a, had a war, God had us walk in there and help the ethnic Albanians and Muslims to get back on their feet after they got attacked. Irregardless 
of ethnicity, of gender, of age. Jesus is calling us to repair, to rebuild. We don't have time to read all this, to raise up the former devastations and repair the ruined cities, desolations of many generations. That speaks of revival, that speaks of literally going in and fixing houses. We went to Katrina and for two years uh, rebuilt homes. Sri Lanka, we rebuilt homes from, 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 from wars and hurricanes and tsunamis. I mean, you can't make this stuff up because you don't have to because that's what the Bible says would happen. Those from among you would be rebuilders. God's used Ashley to rebuild. God's used Steve Hampton's family to rebuild. God just used uh, Sue Benet to get up and rebuild from the rubble of her own experience and testify to us and pray. I had her pray for us because I knew she had that spirit of faith from what she's been through, right? Let's all stand up on our feet. Let's all stand up and I, 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 I wanna, I, I wanna just, I just want to close with a confession. See, because in Ezekiel 22:30, God said, I searched for a man who would build up the wall and stand in the gap and fix this mess before the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. In that case, there was judgment coming and he wanted somebody to intercede to, uh, to deflect the judgment. Nobody would do it. God didn't want to pour out wrath on the situation. He wanted to pour out healing, right? That's what he would prefer. Let's lift up our hands. Lord, you rarely extract healers from the ranks of the unscarred. I have a friend who said, I don't trust anybody that doesn't walk without a limp. And so God, I know there, this is a good crowd right now to be energized, strengthened, and fortified for what lies ahead. Say it like Isaiah said when God called him, here am I, Lord. Send me, use me, speak through me. Help me to understand specifically who Jesus is, what he has done, what he is doing currently, what he will do for people. Help me to get this message out into my home, my neighborhood, my job, my school, my grocery store the highways and the byways. My church is so blessed. My community is so blessed. America shall be saved. Cover Israel, cover Africa, cover Europe, cover Asia, cover the nations by the grace of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's go out with a revival. We need revival in our hearts. Come on, hallelujah.